and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy. Probably joining me as always is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, we're going to do something a little bit different today. We're just going to go through all the fixtures um, for this coming week, not the past one because that wouldn't make any sense. But game week 14, as you may know as you're listening to this, uh, is just two days away from the end of match week 13, so we haven't had a lot of time to prep or anything, so we figure this is the easiest way to just divvy out some knowledge uh, before we get going. Rob, any final or first thoughts before we get into it? No, I mean, let's just jump into it. You know, it's a it's a truncated week. You know, it's two days in between. There's not going to be much, you know, managerial news or anything that we can really rely on because, you know, they're probably not going to give us much because they don't want to give away too many details of their own team without hurting their own team against their opponent. Yep. But, um... You know, that's a typical way. It's like that's like the New England Patriot rules oh, of gosh. you know in, injury reports. Basically, or like Tom Brady was hurt for seven years. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm you know, it's, I'm coming off another. That's two down weeks in a in a row for me in uh, in the world of FPL point accumulation. But um, I'm I'm still mu- I'm still muddling along. You know, yeah. this is a game of, that endures patience. And so there is no more time to be patient. It basically is what's going on. <laughs> be patient until you can't be anymore. Yeah, I, I yeah. really actually had a really good week. I was just telling you before we hit record, uh, I could have had an even better week uh, with my sneaky Moreno and Ward calls, but then both of them conceding after the 80th minute just to ruin my whole day. Uh, Stupid Lee Mason. What a donkey. <laughs> what a jerk. What a donkey. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a penalty call. We won't yeah. discuss the quality yeah. of it well, here. Well, well, I'll tell you the stat that you just told me off air oh, that the that Lee Mason hit the, the he's had Arsenal thirteen times in a, the last thirteen times he's had Arsenal they have won. So mm-hmm. it's true. I'm not saying Lee Mason's an Arsenal fan, but I bet you he owns their jersey. But I'm not not saying that. I think not. not <laughs> that's the important part. Uh, all right, now that we've uh, already riled up. Potentially the FA and definitely the Arsenal listeners to the show. Um, we'll just jump into it. So the first uh, listed fixture on the official site right now is going to be Brighton versus Crystal Palace. Uh, names and note, obviously, Pascal Gross is going to get a lot of love. Uh, did see, uh, already saw somebody talk about how Gross had an assist this weekend because he ended with five points. Actually untrue. Uh, just got uh, three points from his uh, bonuses. Uh, yeah. Didn't actually notch anything. Uh, question for you quickly. Do you consider that a blank or no? Uh, no, because I, I think that the three points is not something you can rely on as mm. much as like an assist or a goal and getting it and not actually getting a tally in your favor is a completely, a complete, complete boon to his, his ownership. And if you owned him, you're definitely not counting that as a blank. 100%. Yeah. It's, it's the benefit of having the best player on a team, just like Sigurdsson used to be <laughs> uh, for Swansea. But obviously gross is the way to go uh, here. I was impressed by Tom Ince at times today. Um, mm-hmm. wait, that's Huddersfield. Jokes. Oh, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> so this is what happens when we don't have prep. Um, but no, I think Gross is obviously the the Brighton guy that you're interested in. Um, but also on the Crystal Palace side, you know, we've been talking about Zaha a lot. Um, unfortunately, has now dropped out of our beloved T Bucks that uh, the top five anyway. But of note is that Townsend and Kabai are top five each in both chances created and accurate crosses. Which mm-hmm. means with Benteke getting more and more involved, he got 45 minutes this week after just playing about 20 the week before. 
he would be the beneficiary of those statistics. So just keep an eye. I know a lot of people wrote off Crystal Palace early. I know a lot of people basically forgot about Benteke because he was hurt, and then Crystal Palace were awful. But just keep an eye on that. If Townsend and um, Kabai are creating at that level, you figure Zaha will start doing so as well. You know, that that, that attack leads to one point, and that's going to be Benteke. Yeah, the thing I liked about the the Crystal Palace attack in in the game that you just they just played was Townsend basically played next to Zaha way up top of the pitch. He wasn't playing more at a wide position mm. a lot of the time in the game, and that's basically allowed him to get an assist on the goal that he did. So you know, I'm not saying it's going to continue if and when Benteke does come back, but um, him being up top more and in a more you know frontal frontal role for Palace gives him a lot more offensive weapons. So I mean. The usual thoughts of Crystal Palace not being the goal-threatening or goal-scoring team, I think they're starting to, to come around and blossom with each other, you know, with Kabai being, you know, the, the main horseman behind the, the, the top-scoring guys. You know, their, their involvement there is only going to flow. You, get, you know, the secondary stats are eventually going to catch up to the, the FPL stats, whether mm-hmm. it be by hook or by crook or by luck. Um, but it's eventually going to happen. So, I mean, the outlying stats are there for Kabai and, and for Townsend to, to, to actually be, you know, contributory factors to, to the Crystal Palace buildup. And it's only going to get better. Or, I mean, with a name like Benteke, he's going to draw attention at the very least, and it'll open up the pitch for Zaha or Townsend. Yeah, uh, also, um, <laughs> I know you don't believe in these, Rob, but potential revenge game for Glenn Murray, who, of course, used to play for revenge. Crystal Palace. Um, <laughs> the second match on the slate here is uh, Leicester versus Tottenham. Leicester a bit of a mixed bag this season. Um, they're bottom 10 in defense. Uh, their attack, you know, we've always discussed, it's hard It's hard to pin down their attacking statistics and, and get much out of them because of how strange uh, they play because of the counterattacks. So they have fewer overall chances, that, but they have typically a higher percentage of good chances. Um, I, I do think there are mistakes in this Tottenham defense, as we've seen the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're starting your Vareses. Like I wouldn't sell them just because of this matchup. I think Tottenham are struggling a little bit without Toby Alderweireld. Um, obviously, all your Tottenham guys, uh, in theory, you like. Erickson has now blanked, what is it, four or five times in a row now? Mm-hmm. Man, it's starting yeah, to feel like time to get rid. It is, it, is, it is time. It, it, this is, if, this, if you own Erickson, now is the time. Unfortunately, their fixtures are... Sort of, you know, they're in his favor. They're they're at Leicester, they're at Watford, they're home to Stoke, they're home to Brighton. Those are the next four before they get City in the middle of December. Um, you know, the, the the game against Watford looks like a, a an easy game, but Watford's is le- legitimately no joke at home. They are uh, an, a true contender now. I think Watford is a, is pushing for the top eight. You know, easily, I think they're going to be in the top eight mm. as it sits right now because I think they have the talent there. But I know we're talking about Spurs, yeah. But if you are, if you're a Christian Eriksen owner right now, you, the panic button has been pushed. And with the options out there right now, what we just saw from Eden Hazard, um, basically boss in that game, and the only reason people were stopping him is because they got he got fouled like every single time he got the ball. Mm. Um, and you know, Sanchez is on penalty kicks now, I guess for for Arsenal. So there's that that added in there. But those are like higher priced options, but. You know, given Erickson's not you know middle nine price tag, depending on where you brought him in, you know, I, you've you've got to sell. You've got to sell here. He's he's scheduled to go down before the next game week because of all the the uh, this, the blanks basically he's been giving you and the the, uh, the attributes that people are going around him. Yeah, it's time to sell. I'm sorry, and mm-hmm. and the Spurs defense. You know, where they have one clean in their last last six, I believe one one in the last six. That's not very good at all. Um. Yeah, one in six. That's mm. that's not good at yeah. all. 
Um, there you go. Um, Pogba blank this week. Last week we said Ericsson to Pogba. Would you still do that to, to free up some funds as well? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you're trading down at midfield, where are you going with that money? Um, you, people probably own Murata at this point. People probably own Kane at this point. So, I mean, if you're going to reinvest the money into somewhere, where is it going to go? So I think the, the the thing to do now is if you waited on Ericsson and didn't go down to Pogba last week to get in this 8.0 and now you're looking at it, I think the only place to go now is to go up from 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 Ericsson. Interesting. Um, I do think uh, Tottenham win this one. I'm, I'm going to guess 2-1 to borrow a style from our other show. Yeah, I... I I, I just the way Spurs is playing defensively. I mean, you're right; they do miss Toby. Toby is the the rudder there. Um, I like Davinson Sanchez. He's he's just not himself. So talented, he, you know. He's, he's, he's just he, young. Yeah, he just doesn't have that guy next to him with the experience. And Toby's that guy. Um, I think Leicester get on the board. It's probably going to be a Vardy goal for anybody who's yep. you know showing the patience with Vardy. Um, he's consistent. He's like vanilla ice cream. You know. When in doubt, go to go to Jamie Vardy ice cream. I thought you were going to say he's like vanilla ice, and that's a whole different conversation for a different time. Uh, word, next up, Pogba's. word to your mother. <laughs> nice. Uh, next up, Pogba uh, is a pretty good link to the next matchup here. Um, we have Manchester United versus Watford. As you mentioned, Watford are typically very good at home. Uh, after a whole week of us talking about how Manchester United were just going to score oodles and oodles of goals now that Pogba was back, they scored just one, and it's the uh, massively owned Ashley Young. That's yeah. sarcasm, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, which way do you think uh, we'll see this one going? Obviously, United are going to be the favorites, but you know, Watford have some sneaky options. Will Hughes uh, notches again? Obviously, they have Richarlison, who continues to be effective, got an assist in, in the last match. Yeah, Watford is definitely on the tip of everyone's tongue right now because of what they're doing and the prices that they have. You know, you got to look at guys like Marvin Ziegler, or he's a fine OOP option right now, and. Um, Will Hughes, as you mentioned, I'm basically calling them ebony and extremely ivory um, as the new <laughs> Watford tandem. So anybody, that's copyrighted and TM'd, so you can't steal it. Um, but yeah, they're firm. Watford is is firmly on the tip of fantasy minds right now because of the price tags that they have. Um, look at look at what they did over the weekend. Where Charleston got involved, Hughes got involved, uh, Andre Gray got involved. It brings up an interesting point, Kevin. I want to ask you this: When Troy Deeney is fit and healthy and coming back. Um, he is the captain there. Do you think he gets significant minutes there with as well as they've been playing without him? I think he'll get some minutes before January. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like with all the rotation that happens. But I don't mm-hmm. think he will anytime soon be like the guy there again up yeah. front. I, I think Richarlison and Andre Gray have really started to form a good mm-hmm. pairing. And I doubt they'd want to mess with that anytime soon. Absolutely not. I, and Dini's not a, a bad option to come off the bench for a Watford team because yeah. he is a good he is a good team spiritual leader. And he a every bit of a battering lead, ram too up against defenses ab- that are already tired. Absolutely, he always he's always near the leaders when he gets can, when he gets you know positive minutes in his favor in you know you know balls won in the like aerial duels won. He's always in the t- in the top there. So I mean, having a veteran like like a Troy Deeney come off the bench for a Watford team who's you know striving for you know aspirations of being in the top, you know it's not a bad thing. And then moving on to United, yeah, we we completely bonked on them thinking that they were going to score a couple goals, and they just didn't. They only managed one from an Ashley Young. You know that was a tipping goal that went in, and it wasn't. It's not. United is going to score goals, but they're going to come in dribs and drabs, and you're not. Probably you could say we, you could you can uh, expect when they're going to do it, and I'd say you're a liar to your face because we don't know when it's going to happen. <laughs> what do you think about the United defense this week? Do you think they'll be able to keep out Richarlison and Co? This, believe it or not, this is probably the the highlight game of the entire of the entire slate. I mean, it's probably the two best teams that are playing against each other. Um, you know, everybody else is playing a lesser, lesser valued team. Chelsea's playing Swansea, Man City's playing Southampton, you know, but 
but the Southampton does have Charlie Austin now, so who knows? Yeah, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool has Stoke, Arsenal has Huddersfield, um, and Spurs has Leicester. I mean, between Spurs, Leicester, and Watford United, these are probably the two two best teams. Trusting United's defense against a Watford team that does score and does score a little bit more at home. I think they're like 1.25 more goals at, at home on average. So it's a little bit, you know, it's not worrisome, but I wouldn't feel comfortable starting, you know, Antonio Valencia, you know, at his price. I wouldn't be bringing in Antonio Valencia is what I mean. If you're if you're like, oh, I'm going to bring in a United defender. I mean, you're not going to bring him in and say and start with confidence against Watford because of what look at Watford's doing to, you know, comparable opponents in, in the top, you know, top eight. Yeah. Um, worth noting, Watford have more goals than Tottenham, have one fewer than Arsenal, two fewer than Chelsea, three fewer than Liverpool. So when we're talking about Watford being a really good attacking team, that isn't hyperbole or that they're good for their level. They're good, period. Yeah, we're um, not talking. We're not talking out of our ass about the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a one-one. Yeah, that's a good shot. I think both teams score. I just don't think that there's gonna be an abundance of goals here. And I think that you not if you're relying on like a Lukaku to score, I think you're probably gonna be sadly uh, mistaken. Yeah. Um, next up is gonna be West Brom Newcastle. West Brom after weeks of doing absolutely nothing, get rid of their manager. Uh, and then, surprisingly, no, not a surprise, they set up to defend again. Uh, but they did counter more effectively. Usually under Pulis, they'd get the ball and then just not go anywhere with it. At least this time when they were winning the ball back, they would sprint at pace. There's still a lot of talent there that I believe in. Newcastle reeling at the moment. Um, just as soon as Jamal LaSalle's went out, one and two conceded games started becoming threes and fours. Uh, crooked numbers in baseball parlance. Um Man, I I don't know. This seems like two clubs going two directions, to be honest. But I might be putting more weight on West Brom's improvement because they beat the club I like in Tottenham. I, I don't know. What what are your feelings on this one? Um, this is a this is this match right here is these are all like auxiliary parts to your your starting eleven here. Um, you know, from the West Brom standpoint, yes, I the Rondon goal was kind of fluky, but they'll take it because West Brom just doesn't score at all. Um, they're still set up to defense because that's the talent that they have on the pitch. They can't. They're not automatically going to flip the switch and be an offensive team because they just don't have the, the players there to do it. Um, Newcastle is completely trending the wrong direction after um, LaSalle's injury. Um, keep anybody who's looking for always looking for cheap defenders. Keep an eye on Phil Dummett coming back this week. He played well last last year for, in the championship. So um, at four dot two, he could be he could be a bargain. And everybody's looking for a, a defensive bargain that gets minutes and is an intrinsically you know, valuable part to, to their, their five man defenders. Um, yeah, I, I don't like this game at all. I mean, from a scoring standpoint, if, if, if either team scores, it's probably going to be the winner. So it's probably going to be one, nothing, but you could say one, nothing either way. And I'd probably agree with you. Yeah. I do think this one could kind of get a little out of hand. Um, I think if Newcastle scored first, West Brown getting back into it that way could, could open things up. Um, that having been said, I think I'm going to be playing Rob Elliott in goal this week. Yeah, so, me too. So hopefully uh, West Brom uh, have some more struggles. Uh, Chadley missed the last match through injury, which obviously he would have liked to play in against his old club Tottenham. But um, yeah, they still have options. Matt Phillips look, started to look good again on the right. Uh, just all of a sudden, names started popping up. You're like, oh, right, right, right. Neom looked decent at times. So uh, yeah, just just uh, th- this is not a matchup that you want to be investing in right now. But if if you're interested in looking at options that you may want to bring in in two or three weeks, I think this one could be really interesting, um, mm-hmm. especially with West Brom potentially getting a more attacking manager. And by potentially, I mean literally getting a more attacking manager because I can't think of anyone as defensively minded as Tony Pulis. Um, yeah. That is the Tuesday fixtures. Then on the Wednesday, 
I'm going to lead in with Arsenal versus Huddersfield. Uh, here's the T-Box alert of the day. Alexis is now crawled up into that top five, pushing Wilfried Zaha out, who we mentioned earlier. Um, <laughs> scores the penalty today, um, but would have been up there regardless of that chance uh, because that does not count as a touch. Um, when you take a penalty, <laughs> they don't do Otsil, but uh, Aaron Ramsey gets on the sheet again because he earned the penalty. Uh, again, that was kind of dubious, but he's done really well of late. I think I saw somebody saying that his... Uh, Last five matches, he has more points than like Ali and other people that are meant to be good. You, I know you're, you've always been a little iffy on the Ramsey train, but are you buying in on any of these other Arsenal guys? Uh, I mean, the only person, like I said, this is a if you're if you have the money to invest in your midfield, Sanchez is a guy I think you, should, you could firmly look at here. Um, like I said in the in the the pregame here, we were I think Sanchez is on PKs, which I don't think he ever was not on PKs, but I think the only person that he wouldn't take a PK for is maybe Lacazette. If Lacazette drew the foul, I think Lacazette would take the foul, take the PK. Um, Alexis is a tough pill to swallow because yes, he's a differential ownership wise, but it's because of his price solely. Um, I'm not completely buying Ramsey. Um, I just read a report that Oldsoul is probably out for Wednesday's game Oof. because of because of injury. Uh, I don't know legitimacy legitimacy of that, but take it for take it for what it's worth. This is um, on a Monday, and there are there is another day in between the games, so news may happen, but lineups locked before that. So just be heady of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really buying too much in Arsenal. They didn't show me enough offensively in the game that we just saw. Um, you know, their defense is what it is. We don't. You know, Kalizanak is owned owned pretty pretty much universally by everybody. He's owned in 13, percent which is a big number. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm completely not a buyer in it. They just. They look like a fraudulent team. They like. Mm. There's nothing like shining to them. And then at in the 92nd minute, they get it. They get a penalty kick, and then they win it. Of course. So I mean, if that's not the definition, I'm not. I'm not an Arsenal hater here. I'm an FPL lover. Um, but I. I just feel lover, not fighter. Yeah, I just. I just don't see anything intrinsically valuable with Arsenal, and that's not me what, hating what about, on Arsenal. What about Mustafi, who you kind of upped last oh, week? Obviously, gets another I, I like clean Mustafi. sheet. Yeah, from a defensive standpoint, I think there think there's value there because if you look at their upcoming fixtures after Huddersfield, you have United, and then it kind of completely flattens out for three. You have Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle. Then they go, then they they're home to Liverpool, and then they're at Crystal Palace. So I mean, there's long term investment there on defense, but I wouldn't invest anything more than what you're looking at, you know, in the in the defense, I wouldn't say you know what you need. You need multiple Arsenal players. You wouldn't go multiple defensive Arsenal players either. You wouldn't have Kalisnak and Monreal or Monreal and Mustafi. And I like Mustafi because I think that you know doing thing one one time is okay. You know I'll take notice. Do it twice. All right, now he's on my radar. Do it six out of seven times. He's he's there's something going on there. Mustafi has six clean sheets out of seven games played. So I mean, it's not a it's not a freak freak thing happening that's going on when he plays that they are you know more you know stout at the back. So I mean, Mustafi is probably the the one ad from Arsenal that if you're looking to, for a defensive change this week, like you're sitting on Phil Jones and you're you're getting sick of looking at his red arrow, you know, then 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 then, then uh, Mustafi is the move for you. But I mean, am I going to buy into it completely and sell you know sell the cows and and bank on all, all my stuff on Schroeder and Mustafi? Absolutely not. But it is a trend that he does have a, a good clean sheet run going when he when he does play. Yeah, I think it's five and six now for him. I think it's six and I think it's six and seven. That's the funny thing. Well, dang, that's even more better. Um, I do think Arsenal will, will win this one. Although I do, I man, I just have like a real immediate soft spot for Huddersfield. I think the atmosphere at their match today was fantastic. 
I uh, do think Arsenal will annoyingly win this one. Uh, I'll go 2-0. Yeah, Arsenal is the better team here. Huddersfield, they, they, Huddersfield is exactly what we think we thought they were when they came up. They really haven't added that much to their offense. They're basically like they're a, they're a middle they're a middle fodder team that is well coached. Is yeah. basically what they are, and they try not to make their own mistakes to bury themselves. And Arsenal is the better offensive team, so I think two nil is is an excellent shout. It could be one nil. And, and with a who's the, who's the referee? That's a better question. <laughs> yep, we're gonna move right on from there. Um, Burnley, obviously, uh, the unfortunate victims of that this week. Uh, they're playing Bournemouth. Uh, fun fact: I actually brought in Charlie Daniels. I, I uh, didn't have the cash to get all the way up to Cedric, who was who I really wanted to bring in because um, I had been high on Southampton all week, saying you know Everton or dog trash, and <laughs> you should stock up on. Uh, Southampton guys, obviously a lot of Southampton players get in the points. Cedric does not, and then concedes, uh, the clean sheet to what was a very good strike by Gilfie Sigurdsson. Yeah. Um, but fortunately ended up with Charlie Daniels, who obviously keeps the clean sheet in this one. Still an interesting creative force going forward. Burnley continue to be very good. I, I mean, the, the Burnley Arsenal game up until the penalty was the kind of nil-nil match you show your America friends. Mm-hmm. Like, how could, how could it be exciting if there are no goals? Like, that was a very fun match to watch. Um, I would expect the same in this one. Obviously, a lot of people were super hyped about uh, Callum Wilson after last week's hat trick. After this blank, how are you feeling about him? Um, I'm still I'm still confident that he's going to be there because you know what I you know what he got. He still got 79 minutes, so that's the important thing. They're not they're not rotating heads up there. You know, Josh King played and got his got his minutes, and then Benikafobe came on for <clears throat> came on for Callum Wilson. So there is that. So I think that it's it, there, it's becoming a trend that we're seeing who's going to play where and why. Um, Defoe now has a red arrow on him, so he he won't be he probably won't be back for a, uh, at least this middle week game. Um, so if Callum Wilson is the guy, I mean, and at six dot six right now with the fixtures upcoming: Burnley, Southampton, Crystal Palace before United. Yeah, you're not you're not spending a thousand dollars to get a thousand dollar return. You know, you're you're spending six dollars to hopefully get two goals out of those three fixtures. Which isn't an awful, awful thing to predict. He just scored three in one game. So if you're looking for two over three games, you're probably getting a good return on your investment. And then after that, you know, he has United, Liverpool, Man City, and by that time, you're probably looking somewhere else and punting. So um, from that from that standpoint, listen, Calum Wilson is a lease, lease with an option to trade to transfer. He's <laughs> you're not leasing it to option to buy it because he's definitely gone by week 17. Because there's no way in anybody's head that they're like, oh, I'm going to stick with with Callum Wilson for the United Liverpool City trio of fixtures in a row before the Christmas buildup. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you can get two goals out of these next next three fixtures, you transfer him out and smile all the way to the bank when you bring in Omar Nias. Yeah, um, I still love the Burnley defenders. If you have your Wards or your Mees or your Tarkovskis, even uh, just keep holding on to them. Uh, in theory. They should be your third or fourth defender, so you shouldn't have an issue trading them out. But even if you can't, you can still hold them pretty much till the Spurs match right before Christmas. So uh, Bournemouth, Leicester, Watford, Stoke, Brighton. Obviously, the Watford one is the one with the question mark. I think the way Burnley play defense will neutralize Leicester actually because they mm-hmm. never really come out, um, which doesn't, which would cut down the opportunities for Leicester to hit them on the break. Um, but anyway, yeah, obviously, still like the Burnley defenders. Um, <laughs> I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna one nil for Burnley. Oh, that's a good one on the road. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'll say, I'll say one one. I think they both get on the board. I think somebody scores early and then somebody chases one early in the second half and, get, and it ties it up. Then they basically play, you know, vanilla ball for the rest of the rest of the way. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, next up is your Blues versus Swansea. You gotta like that Swansea, the worst attack in the Premier League right now. Chelsea, obviously. Two clean sheets in the last three. Only one goal conceded in the last three, which is impressive considering one of those teams is free-scoring Liverpool. Uh, you, you have to feel super confident about this one. I guess the big question is who's going to actually be playing at key positions. Like, um, do, Which center back and midfielder do you think is used that people may not know? Because, you know, you have Fabregas versus Bakayoko. You have Christensen mm-hmm. versus everybody else. <laughs> Who do you think we're going to see in this one? Yeah, I mean the 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 easy. To, I'll start with the defense. I mean the thing is, Christensen played full ninety and Cahill played as well. So you can't just say there's going to be a flip flop there. Uh, I don't think we see Luis. It may be a Rudiger game. He was warming up, um, didn't come in as a sub, but he was part of the the travel. You know the the eighteen that was there, and he was warming up at one point. So um, I think it's a Christian. If you're looking for for three members to get in, if you don't own any Chelsea players. The, the three players are Christensen because he's the cheapest entry into a playable defensive option at 5.4. Eden Hazard to, at 10. Whatever, whatever you bought him in at 10.6 he is right now. You're buying him all day because of the upcoming fixtures and what we saw last week is going to continue, hopefully, because of the promise that he's playing lesser teams than Chelsea is, basically. And then Alvaro Morata should be owned and should be owned by everyone. Um, he's currently owned by 27%. He makes him the, one of the top five own, most owned um, forwards. So, yeah, Alvaro Morata should be owned. Ed Nazard is probably a must. This is a this is the week. If you haven't had a trio of Chelsea players, you 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 should get on that bandwagon now and get th- and get three players. Um, as far as the Fabregas and Bakayoko thing, I hated what I saw from Bakayoko. I feel like he was always in bad positions, always on the wrong side of of, of playing defense on a guy. Um, and Fabregas came on, and the the game completely turned over, and the game started getting more fluid for them because. As I said uh, a couple of weeks leading up to this, that Fabregas is the guy, is the is the you know the the magic man I'll call him, or the facilitator, <laughs> or the playmaker that Chelsea needs between that ultra defensive uh, wing with Conte and Bakayoko, and then up to up top to Morato, Hazard, Pedro, Willian, whoever's playing up top. Um, it's 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 awfully evident when when Fabregas isn't in the game, N'Golo Conte is constantly, constantly, constantly in offensive positions that he's not completely comfortable with. He's always seems like he's struggling to find the first ball. Like he's, he's, I know he's a great defender, but he, offensively he struggles. And without Fabregas there, it basically pushes him up the pitch. I'd like to see Fabregas start from the, start from the get go here. And he probably does because he came on as a sub. So he'll probably be a little bit fresher. Um, but with the game against, against Swansea, you know, th- this could be a, this could be a game where you, you see some, you know, um, I'd like to see a little bit more of Daniel Drinkwater. I thought he played very well. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, this is a Fabregas game for me. So, I mean, I'd, I'd like to see him from the start. You know, this game should favor che- uh, should favor Chelsea here. Um, they're going to score. I, I think they're going to give him a freaky goal. And I, I kind of want to hear the Wilford Boney chant from Swansea. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but I'll, I'll go 3-1 optimistically thinking that Swan scores, but they don't. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah, I think this is going to follow game script pretty pretty similarly to the West Brom match that Chelsea had, where if they mm-hmm. score early, this could get sloppy fast. Agree that we would rather see Fabregas, although a little disconcerting that he's played uh, less and less minutes over the last four or five matches. Um, 
even when he was getting the start, he was still getting yanked earlier in the match. Um, mm-hmm. But even with that being the, the state of things and the fact he didn't start at the weekend, uh, still top three in chances created with 14. So uh, still capable of creating. It's just, you know, how long is he going to be on the pitch is the main question. If you think mm-hmm. he's starting, obviously that makes him an interesting option for them. Uh, like I said, yeah, I, I think this could be three or four nil. Uh, Jamie Abraham obviously can't play against his parent club. And we haven't seen anything really from Boney since he returned. <clears throat> Next up, who can be more disappointing between Everton and West Ham? Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the cries for Big Sam and Everton are are, cry- are happening, which is never a good thing. When which when is crazy. Also, he was up for the U.S. job, so I'm really hoping he takes the Everton job. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, this is a game of. Who could suck worse and be more disappointing? Um, there's literally nobody in this game that I that I want. The only news that I have is that uh, what's his face is hurt. Uh, Leighton Baines came out of the game mm. with an injury. He, there's no way he's going to play. Um, he had a calf injury. So um, look for like a John Joe Kenny show or you know a Cuco Martina show. But they won't happen. keep a clean sheet, so it kind of yeah. Doesn't but matter. you but you don't want anybody. There, Everton offers nothing offensively. Uh, Omar Nias is out one more game because of his suspension. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I liked what I saw from Gilfie's goal, but he he just has nothing going around him. And yeah, he's he not scored a goal and then ended the match playing as a left wing back. Yeah, yeah, I don't get it. Um, yeah, there's nothing intrinsic about either of these teams. Maybe Emmanuel Lanzini if you want a, a, a punt, but this isn't DFS. This is FPL, so you're not looking for a, a move for one week here. And none of these teams offer you anything. This game could be sixty-four to sixty-two, and I, I'd still hate it. <laughs> yeah, just just don't just don't think about this match. Just move on with your life. So we will. Well, I don't know. Like uh, nil one. Yeah, it won't be nil nil. Neither of them are good enough to keep clean sheets. Well, one one. Negative two to negative four. <laughs> My interest will be negative two and negative four. Um, yeah. <laughs> next up, we have Manchester City, who just continue to run away with the league, although they looked under pressure at times today uh, mm-hmm. versus Huddersfield, who are very well organized, as you mentioned earlier, under David Wagner. Uh, they're facing Southampton, who just had easily their best attacking match this season and seemingly in recent memory at all. Charlie Austin retakes his spot at the top of the key. This isn't basketball. <laughs> um, set, set, set the pick. <laughs> yeah, with the pick and roll, uh, Charlie Austin scored twice using the triangle. Um, anyway, Charlie Austin gets a spot back, scores two goals. Considering how much um, we had seen faltering from Gabbiadini, you assume Austin's going to hold on to that spot. But he does have a history of injury, so they may baby him in this rotation uh, schedule. Are, are you buying in on Austin yet, or do you want to see a little bit more? I want to. I, I don't think he's going to start this game only because of the quick turnaround and charlie austin is no spring chicken especially when it comes to fitness um i love charlie austin always have always will um but i think this is a either a shane long from the start and then austin comes on when when they realize oh we're losing for nothing um but i i like charlie austin at 6.0 he's he's added his name to that fray of 6.0 to 5.0 strikers that have that third third striker appeal Listen, two goals from Charlie Austin is awesome, but unfortunately, Manola Gabbiadini still exists, and Shane Shane Long still exists. The only good thing is it's a newer manager, so he they don't have the trust of him as much. So Charlie Austin going forward is probably somebody I would look at at Southampton. Um, I think it's funny that it, there was this game. The last game was a Deuce on Tadic appearance. Congratulations for that. He'll now disappear into a, a cedar cedar box somewhere, and and not come back out for another two months. Um, defensively, Ryan Burcham looked good, but. You know they had four goals and they played 
they played a crap team. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not buying. You're not bringing a defender in against Man City. You're not trusting Dusan Tadic at his price at six point three. There's you basically that's basically Richarlson. So you're not doing that, yeah. and you're not bringing Charlie Austin to play against um, Man City. Um, interesting offer, Man City, Kev. Now that now that we may know what the rotation schedule is for for uh, Man City, that we saw Aguero start and Jesus come on. You know, after he got like a, what twelve minutes appearance, mm-hmm. what are you expecting a, a Jesus from the start here? Uh, yeah, I'm expecting Jesus, but I think Sterling may actually still get the start um, anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we'll see the Jesus Aguero swap, and then we'll see it again at the weekend. Um, <clears throat> Pep seems fine to bring them on as subs, which is good, mm-hmm. uh, as we've talked before. You know, fifteen minutes can be enough, and it obviously was today with Jesus getting the assist on uh, Sterling's game-winning goal. Um, but yeah, if you're an Aguero owner, I, I'm I'm gonna hold on to him through the week. Um, just see what happens. The, the only change that I'm making tactically is I'm just not putting the C anywhere near him, just mm-hmm. in case. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. This could be this could be if anybody's looking for like like a daily play. This could be a Bernardo Silva game. Mm-hmm. It could be. Yeah, they could play Bernardo instead of Sterling if they wanted to. It would seem harsh after his performance, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, also of note, we told you about a month ago now. To swap your city defensive shares to Chelsea, you continue to should have done that. <laughs> city yeah. obviously uh, not keeping a clean sheet yet again this week. Um, I think City will walk this one, but mm-hmm. still let one in. I'll, I'll go three one. Uh, I think they. I think this is the game where they get a cl- their clean sheet back at home three nil easy. Mm. Southampton not very prolific in front of goal. Um, nope. To your point there. Uh, wrapping the week up will be Liverpool and Stoke. Stoke have just been very much a non-entity this season in the Premier League. They have the second worst defense in the Premier League right now, uh, tied with West Ham, which is not something you like. We've already talked about Liverpool's attack, um, which is, what's that other thing? Good. They're, they're pretty good. Um, Mo Salah on Eric Peters is a nightmare if you're a Stoke fan. Um, Mane on somebody at left back, perhaps Glenn Johnson, is a worse nightmare. Um Oof. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Oof. this this one's this one's going to get sloppy. Uh, yeah. Also, if you brought in a Liverpool defender to play at home, it was still the right call. Just got unlucky with that Willian strike um, against Chelsea. Even though they're not at home, I'd still roll them out against a Stoke team that are not very good uh, in attack. Although they are still top ten, I, I think some people may be surprised by that. But obviously, you're not you're not mm-hmm. fearing enough goals to go into negatives. So still worth a run out for Moreno, who obviously can contribute in an attacking sense as well. Yeah, this is uh, maybe a buyback game into Firmino if you're looking to strike a differential where people are selling away from. Uh, he didn't really feature in the in the last in the weekend's game, so I think he definitely plays this week against Stoke. Uh, Stoke struggle defensively; they can't keep anybody out of their own net. They're like uh, an opposite fisherman, I guess. <laughs> um, Mosala is the tits. I'll say that. How about that? He's the tits. Um, um, He's he's the mo- he should be the most owned player. He should be on everyone's team that is actually paying attention it's in FPL. Nuts. Six goals um, now in the last five matches. I and I'll I'll fully admit that I understated underestimated him coming into the season. I didn't think he would be this prolific. Well, you were um, a Chelsea fan. You had to act as if he wouldn't be good to stay sane. Well, we we developed him for those you know those thirteen games that he played for us, <laughs> and uh, we made Mosala fan. We made Mosala great again. Um, oh man. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but 
I'm trying. To, is there anybody else on Liverpool that are, are we buying into? We did. I, I cheer, cheer for Adam Lallana coming back. Um, and defensively, I, I, I trust him for this game, and then they have a they have a home game after this. So if you're looking to bring in a defender, I think Liverpool's a good a good a good tout here. But I week. think it's only Moreno because the the right back slot is messy. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not because yeah, because you're not bringing in anybody else in there. I mean, you're gonna it's a coin flip between Gomez and and TIA, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, if you want to maybe trust Matip because he is sort of backish now. You know, he does. You know, he only missed one game because of injury, and then he's played full nineties everywhere else. So there is that. So I think I think it'd be Moreno one, and then Matip two, and then if you. Guess right, it'd be Gomez or TAA as three. Mm. Yeah, um, I think this one gets sloppy as well. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna yeah. go Liverpool three now. Yeah, this is the this is that that game after. Remember how Stoke played United really well, and yeah. then they went out the next game and lost five nil mm-hmm. to um, who the hell was that to? I'm trying to think who it was to. Oh, uh, Huddersfield. Wait, was it Huddersfield? No, that no. was Manchester United. Hold on, timeout. Making for good TV. Team timeout. Team, t- team Titans. <laughs> team Titans. Where was it? United. Oh, it was they, it was Chelsea. They lost four 0 mm. It was two games after that. But that's exactly what's going to happen. And they were home. Same thing. There you go. Yeah, it's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be four 0 Liverpool. Salah's going to have two. Firmino's going to have one. And then Dejan Lovren's going to have. <laughs> or or like a Lalana creep back. Or an um, Eric Peters own goal. <laughs> there you go. Uh, we can wrap up the show as usual. Uh, are, are you planning on making any changes? And if not, uh, would you advise people to hold on to their free transfer this week? There's there's two words of advice for this week. Um, if you have a team of a full 11 that doesn't have one rotation risk or one question mark about playing like their opponent, if you don't feel strongly enough, if you're basically, so if that guy isn't the favored player in that matchup, yes, you can you can hold on to your transfer and just bank it. But if you have a matchup where the guy is questionable and he's not really on the front foot in the matchup, then I, I would probably suggest making a change to something positive, bring in a Chelsea player that you don't own, bring in a Liverpool player you don't own, uh, bring in a positive defender that is has a great matchup or a great two or three matchups. Uh, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Liverpool are, are the names that jump out. Um, and yes, I did make. I already made a move. I actually made two moves because uh, because I'm stupid and I like doing stuff. And I'm on the I'm on the back foot with my team. I've had two bad weeks in a row. I basically transferred out David Silva and Christian Eriksen, and I went Eden Hazard and Richarlson. Richarlson has two tough matches in a row, but I don't care because I think he's still going to get his. And only because I won Hazard, so I, that's the reason I got rid of Silva and Eriksen. Um, to me, Hazard looks like a blossoming flower. And I want to pick it a lot. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm I'm going to hold on to my transfer this week. After last week's what looked like a defensive nightmare, I ended up being minutes away from me getting triple sixes at the back. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to roll with them again. The the opponents this week going to be Stoke, Burnley, and Bournemouth. Not too terrified by any of those. <laughs> my midfield five. I'm just going to roll out every match for now. Um, Sterling, Erickson, Richarlison, Gross, and Salah. Then uh, Aguero and Kane up front. I know Aguero might not play. Um, so I'm just gonna like I may shore up my my bench a little bit, but I, I think I'm just gonna stand pat. And then after this week, decide whether or not I want to keep Aguero or Erickson. I'm giving an Erickson an extra week stay of execution just because I know that he can just make anything happen at any time. Um, and while statistically he has not been very good for the last five matches, to me that implies that he might be about to be good for five matches. 
Um, but time will time will tell there. Cap Kane's gonna wear the, the armband for me again this week. Um, I think if I had a second pick, I'd put it on Salah against Stoke. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just kind of see how I feel as we get closer. Yeah, captain for me is Hazard or Murata for me, right? Because I still own Aguero, but I don't like you said, like you said before. I I wouldn't trust to put a the C or the V on him. Yeah, yeah, it just seems a, a little dangerous knowing. Uh, how much Pep likes rotating us forwards, especially now that he's quoted as saying such. Uh, this is obviously a little bit shorter, but we hope you enjoyed this uh, slightly different format. Just felt it was uh, only right to get something out to you. Uh, we're still going to aim to record Wednesday after the matches. That's the plan for now anyway. Um, don't hold us to it, though, because sometimes we lie to you when we make strong statements. So this is a very strong maybe. Um, but We're fibbers. <laughs> but, uh, in the interim, Rob, where can they reach you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP, or you can find my writings and stylings on Razball.com. Yeah, and I'm your other host, Kevin DeVries. You can find my fantasy writings over at Goal.com. Uh, also, uh, check out all of our EPL roundtables and championship roundtables. Also, also, uh, we're going to try to do a VIP bet uh, DFS stream tomorrow. Um, we'll, we, we can tweet out when that's meant to be. Uh, if you're interested in that. Um, But best of luck to your team this midweek, and hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.